0: Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. Find out more at com and familyvisionmedia.org. It's my pleasure to welcome our guest today, Patrick Wood. He is the founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. The website is citizensforfreespeech.org. And... Today, we're going to be unpacking Tulane and their kind of interesting decision they've made to host Hunter Biden for a class on media polarization. (laughs) Pat, what do you think they're up to with this new
1: move? Well, you know, the class is about polarization, right, in media. And who is more polarized than Hunter Biden? Uh, So they've achieved one objective right off the bat, Uh, let's polarize more of the media And uh, it's interesting, though, to look at the whole list of speakers that are going to be participating in this class. Uh, Hunter Biden is only going to be a guest speaker at one of the classes. And it's not really clear if he's going to have the whole class or just a portion of it, whether he'll be there in person or it'll be remote. Um, But the whole clutch of people that are going to be presenting at this um, during his class. Um, are all pretty much in the same boat, in the same side as uh, of the, you know, the media spectrum as he is. And who would be better in one sense to talk about fake news than one of the greatest creators of fake news himself, which would be Hunter Biden. Um, the the thing that's really disturbing about this is not, not just that a world-class organization, uh, you know, school uh, like Tulane would would do this kind of thing, but Anybody who would criticize or try to, you know, otherwise uh, give another idea on what they're doing on campus will be canceled. They simply will be bullied out of existence. And um, I feel sorry for any conservative student there that uh, that might want to speak up and say this is crazy, and we need to have some alternative views. Maybe give a another workshop on the side, pointing out uh, the the you know the other. Uh, facts that bear on this thing, they won't be able to do it. They'll simply be canceled and and bullied until they're shamed out of existence.
0: So I I find it interesting because it is a world-class educational institution. Uh, It has a name that's recognized internationally as well as across the United States. It's very expensive to go there, somewhere around $70,000 a year. Uh, for students to attend and live on campus and so it's it's a place where if your student is going there they're either extraordinarily gifted in some area where they were able to get scholarship money or you are a family of means or or perhaps you just have extraordinary borrowing capabilities but in any case you're expending the capital to get your child into this place because you expect that an education from Tulane will be something that will kind of catapult them into success as an adult once they're finished. So this decision, and especially to take someone as as polarizing as Hunter Biden, who he's not only in the news for his own personal issues, um, which i pers- I don't. I don't feel the need to judge him for, you know, having a problem with drugs or things like that because everyone has something that they're struggling with. He had to do it publicly because of his father's role in government and, and career as a politician. But it's the other things, the work in China and in the Ukraine, um, the the seemingly endless amount of grifting that Hunter Biden does using his father as the carrot in order to entice world leaders and businesses around the globe to pay him for access to him. That's the stuff that kind of grates on the nerves and makes you feel as if he's not a good example for college students who are young and impressionable and looking at him because the university is in essence endorsing him by having him as a speaker. These young people then see him as an example and a role model. And I don't think he's that.
1: Well, he certainly isn't. And I have to say, the other the other guest speakers at this course are not role models either. I won't mention all their names. It's not necessary. Uh, clearly, uh, Hunter Biden is the one that's catching all the attention in the list. But I wouldn't say any of them are anything I would particularly lift up as as role models. But, you know, you have to say, on the other hand, you know, people like this have a right to speak. Uh, this, this is a whole basis of free speech. The problem is the other side doesn't get to speak. Uh, so there won't be any other, uh, you know, critical analysis on the campus there in Tulane because they simply will be shut up. This is what's desperately wrong with universities across America today. Uh, only one side of the narrative is allowed, and all of the other, the the trolls, the uh, the cancel culture, they're just waiting to pounce on anybody that would dare say anything and that would be critical of this whole thing. Now you and I can talk about it on a radio program and nobody will say much of anything, but for those people who are at ground zero at Tulane university, they will not be able to express their dissent. And this is, has always been the hallmark of education is to be able to express dissent. This no matter what department, whether it be a scientific department or or social media, or whatever, uh, it it we always should allow freely allow dissent to take place. It will not happen at Tulane University.
0: So I I wanted to, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Pat. But I, can I just I want to point out one more glaring example because this is like it's almost like we're on a little yellow brick road and we're skipping from one outrageous event to another. And so the one just before this that we landed on, and it was it was almost as if <laughs> One half of the country landed on the outrage meter, and we were all freaking out about it. And people on the other side, on the left, were kind of like, "Heidi Ho, croissants and coffee for breakfast and for lunch. Where are we going?" They did not. It did not register with them. And that was, um, this was last month. Bill Clinton and uh, Kamala Harris hosted a symposium on empowering women. And now Bill Clinton, it's not as if he's an alleged serial predator. We have proof that he preyed on a young woman in the White House as president and the other allegations against him. Some of them have been settled out of court. Some of them have just become, you know, causes, but no real adjudication. But it's clear that he is someone who cannot speak credibly On empowering women or anything to do with women, you know, maybe he could be called a good father because I think his daughter Chelsea that they have a good relationship. But other than that, um, how how did how did they host a symposium on empowering women with this guy and Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, also didn't say I want you to choose someone else because she has that kind of power now. She could say, you know what. I would prefer to speak with and list anyone else, Gloria Allred and, you know, Rosie O'Donnell, just think of all the people who speak on women's issues. I don't agree with them, but they have more credibility than Bill Clinton.
1: (laughs) Boy, isn't that the truth? You know, this, this just underscores the, the gross over the top hypocrisy, um, of this entire movement to try and restructure America. Um, that bringing bill clinton into anything uh is is just outrageous um but especially with relation to to women's rights um but this upper class of people um and i and i hate to use the word upper class because then then we're talking class you know class distinction again but people like bill clinton people like um uh, hunter biden they have a teflon coating that nothing sticks to, and they can get away with this stuff somehow. It's always been a mystery to me how this can happen, but there are many, many people at the top echelons of our government society that that are just, uh, in, in, well, let's say criminal, <laughs> that, that they get away with anything. They're not prosecuted. They're not brought before. They're not accountable to anybody. They just do this stuff, and then they can turn right around as if nothing happened. It's like they're wearing Teflon, and nothing will stick to them and Bill Clinton is like that this is this observation has been made for 25 years he's he's just the man of Teflon nothing sticks to him so the fact that uh, that he would be brought in again to them probably there's no problem with that whatsoever he's just a great guy and uh, he was wrongly accused and wrongly you know every the whole all of society was against him but and he got impeached um and he admitted to his crimes ultimately and so did all the however many dozens of women <laughs> that he abused over time um no, no problem no problem. Uh, you know that was all just uh, you know a bunch of hoopla and drama, but um, you know really wasn't all true. So we we can just bring him back into the arena again. This really is crazy thinking. So I
0: got I you know Pat, you just went through a number of examples, and and to me for the the thing that Hillary Clinton, I mean obviously there's Benghazi. Um, but oftentimes when people make mistakes at that level where they're in the situation room and they m- make a call and if Americans die, that's attributed to the power that they have or in the office that they're holding. And, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran. I served. I, I remember distinctly reading through the oath that I was going to take and realizing that I was really giving myself over and that a mistake by an officer above me or even the president of the United States could result in me losing my life and I took the oath anyway and so that's what people do even even our ambassadors they're all over there at the whim of whoever is in charge of our country and so she she would get away with what happened in benghazi and not bear any shame for it because it became politicized but there's other things in the in the history of Hillary Clinton the annals of the greatness of Hillary It's the destruction of the cell phones. They beat them with hammers. It's the bleach bidding of um, hard drives, the deletion of emails. That's the kind of stuff that any person from a peon who works in an office somewhere in the bowels of the Pentagon, all the way up to sitting congressional members, when you don't take care of records, it used to mean in this country that you 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 could lose your job, you could lose your elected office, you could be censured, you could be sent to prison. I mean, Peons and offices at the Pentagon who delete emails or destroy phones are sent to Leavenworth. Uh, so are active duty service members. So I, I think it's interesting that not, – I'm not talking about the politicized stuff like Benghazi, which was a tragedy of epic proportions, but it's something that can happen. And when people die and they're serving this country, it's a different kind of responsibility that elected officials and people in charge take. But when you're talking about records keeping – that's something that people used to get the hammer would be dropped on you for that. And Hillary has not had that dropped on her, nor do we see the same kind of fear against uh, Biden for admitting that he told them, the people in Ukraine, you fire the prosecutor or you're not getting this USAID. That's blackmail. He admitted it on an open stage. It should be an open and shut case of him not being able to be elected into political office after he made that statement. But now he's the president of the United States. So we, we do have a problem with accountability.
1: Absolutely. And this, uh, by the way, I just point out, this is censorship on a smaller level, a microcosm is a better word, of censorship. When uh, when when somebody does something, a record, a public record or whatever is created, anybody who tampers with that public record is practicing censorship. In the case of Hillary Clinton, uh, when she uh, wiped out her server and when she smashed cell phones, et cetera, um, those were acts of criminal censorship. And they were not you're right. They were not held to account at all. But destroying evidence uh, is a crime, and uh, especially in a criminal investigation. And um, when uh, when something like that, when a large portion of information like that is just taken off the public record, wiped out, where oh well, I forgot, I I don't know what happened to it. I just something you know, a glass of water fell on my computer and it's just all fried. Um, this is censorship, just like the big tech censorship that's taking place. It's just on a different level. It's hidden. And uh, nobody can recover and rediscover what that information is once it's been wiped out. They say, oh, well, oh, well.
0: (laughs) Well, Pat, it was just emails about the wedding and how... The, the donations that were made for Haitians actually went to fund the million dollar wedding of, of the daughter. Oh wait, I guess that's also grifting and probably is a good, another good reason why they deleted the emails. Uh, so what do you recommend to people who are, cause you know, you're citizens for free org, you're for free speech, but free speech, just from what I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a stage of the ages, but just by my simple observations from here in the Midwest, the way to preserve free speech is, is to fight back against the censorship and the hypocrisy that we're seeing. And especially, you know, circling back around to our original subject as we close out here, you're talking about that that um, that that Tulane speaking event. And so parents who can afford to spend 70 grand a year for their kids to go there are usually the same ones who'll write out checks for the endowment. They'll gift stock. They'll gift a part of their estate to, uh, you know, the university that their child graduates from or that they themselves graduated from. How do we stop or at least apply some breaks to this incessant, it's like a, a droning beehive in the background that's getting louder and louder and louder, of censorship and, uh, you know, kind of one-sided presentation of ideas that are going on at universities like Tulane?
1: Absolutely. You know, this can only be rectified through local activism. we stress stressed this ever since we began in 2018. Um, the local communities are where people need to get involved again and quit shaking their fists at whether it be Fox news or CNN or whoever, just stop that, stop watching the news and getting all consumed by it and get out into your local community and mix it up with your own people where you live. This is where all this stuff originates in the first place. Anyway, this is where the leaders, uh, are, are developed that will go higher in society, uh, to, you know, pull crazy stuff. If they're not stopped on a local basis. So while in the last 20 years, while most good Americans have just been sitting back, afraid to speak, self-censoring, if you will, they've created a vacuum into which this entire woke culture, cancel culture, has just crept in. It filled the vacuum, and now it's everywhere. It's in every community. The only way we we can stop this is to reverse the process. Americans need to get out into their own community and exercise their free speech. If you're not talking, you don't have it. You need to, you know, you lose it. If you don't use it, you lose it, so to speak. And uh, our director of training says very succinctly, if you don't have a seat at the table these days, you are what's on the menu for dinner. Mm-hmm. And this, this needs to be recognized. It got, you, if you, it's going to come for you eventually. They, right now, we say, oh, well, it's come for Tulane University. That doesn't affect me. But let me tell you, it's coming for everyone eventually. And it can only be driven out starting at a local level.
0: I hope that everyone who's in the podcast audience is listening to that and taking a bit of, um, you know, kind of steel for the spine, courage, whatever you want to call it. it. It is actually up to us to push back against these things. And we have the power to do so. The only reason that. The censorship people, the, you know, they're kind of our censorship overlords and individuals at these universities feel so empowered to act the way that they do is because they do not have pushback from us as the ones who are funding their universities or these public schools or so many other places where we have seen this activity flourish, uh, which is why what the work that you're doing at the Citizens for Free Speech, at citizensforfreespeech.org, is so important and so integral to what we here at Stacey on the Right are trying to promote for our listeners Patrick Wood, founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. Thank you for your time today, sir. It has been a pleasure talking to you. All right. Find out more at stacyontheright.com, citizensforfreespeech.org.